Welcome to Rumblestrip America Heilman. This is part five in a series I produced for Vermont Public Radio called They Are Us Inside Vermont's Mental Health Care System. Today's show is called MyPad. Welcome. I think the designated agencies and caregivers in general, or a lot of them, have this feeling that everybody's going to get better and they just need a little help for years, you know, and then they can live on their own. So we don't need to build housing that's permanent for them. And there is some, but there's not enough. So that people like my son, he ends up back in the hospital because he's not getting the support he needs. And there's one place in the whole state in Essex Junction called MyPad that has the level of care he needs. That's Connie Stabler. Her son is 33, and he's been living with schizophrenia since he was 19. He's been hospitalized nine times, sometimes for up to a year. He's moved at least 10 times in 13 years. He's lived in group homes and peer-supported homes and supervised therapeutic settings and step-down programs for people leaving the hospital, and all of these living arrangements have ended in crisis and hospitalization. The available supervised housing in Vermont works well for some people, but not all, and all of these options are temporary. In other words, the expectation is you'll stabilize, then leave. The trouble is, for people who have episodes of mania or who become psychotic, none of these housing options are available long term, and they end up back in crisis and back in the hospital, and it all starts all over. MyPad is a residential program at the Howard Center that opened in 2012. It's the only permanent supervised housing for chronically mentally ill people in the state. Permanent. In other words, you can live there as long as you like, as long as MyPad supports are supportive. It's a big Victorian house with apartments and a common kitchen and living room and porch. And there are two supervisors there and awake at all times. Here's MyPad director, Graham Parker. So we're working with the people that have habitually used hospitals a lot. When people come out of the hospital, normally they could go back to the setting where they've come from which is often not productive because they're perhaps lonely or they don't have the resources they need not to have the same problems that got them into hospital. If they're lucky, they might get offered a group home bed. They're very precious resources. But one of the things about group homes, they can be wonderful for people, especially if they need a sort of short-term Band-Aid. What often happens, of course, with group homes is if, if you do well... It's time to leave. But in the case of MyPad, what you have is a place that's permanent housing. The message is to somebody, you can do well here, you can stay here, as long as you need that kind of level of support. We're quite hopeful people will move on of their own volition. Um, And people, we have a couple of people that have been really successful that are talking about moving on. But they don't have that pressure of, oh, if I do too well, I have to leave. The proportion that a place like MyPad serves is a fairly small proportion of the people who are in need. Uh, We have seven beds, and they're permanent beds, so four or five of the seven beds in total have not been back to hospital. It's quite miraculous. And then then there's uh, two or three have gone back to hospital, but the nice thing is that they have somewhere to return to, so we can cut the hospital stays are a lot shorter because we continue to be in contact with them. We um, support them. We have agreements for what it would take for them to come back and do better next time. But having that extra support around 
whether it's playing cards in the middle of the night or whether it's going bowling the next day um, to know that they um, have somebody to go and talk to in the middle of the night if they're starting to get manic. And not to be lonely is very important. Loneliness is such a cause for so much angst for people and source of anxiety that can provoke worse problems. You know, they have enough staff to spend this kind of time because otherwise my son's going to sit in his room and he's going to be in his head. And in his head is the worst place he could possibly be. He just needs something every day that he has to do. They also hooked him up with the town animal shelter and he walked dogs once a week. He went and delivered meals on wheels. Why would we pay for that? This is for a group of people, like my son, that keep going into the hospital. And they are in the ERs. And it's definitely cheaper to take care of someone in the community than it is to have them in the hospital. So in terms of their own lives, it's really benefited them. But in terms of the system as a whole, it's benefited the system as a whole. There's a lot less money being spent on them than would be with the old system of just patching them up, putting them back into the same situation they were, they were in and wondering why nothing changes. Why don't we have more places like MyPad? We don't have more places like MyPad for money reasons. Here's Anne Donahue, a state representative from Northfield in Berlin, also the editor of a mental health publication called Counterpoint. I think there's also a fear that you can end up in a cycle of sort of a, a, a bottomless pit of need. In other words, we don't have more MyPads because we're afraid that if we have more MyPads, we're going to need more, more MyPads. Yes, we don't, we don't do more in supported housing because we're afraid that the need is so great that if we do more, we'll need still more. How does this get better if you can never have enough money to support both good housing and adequate services? Part of how it gets better is to recognize that people can actually get better and move on and need to have the kind of supports that help them get there. We label somebody as having a persistent mental illness. We almost sort of predetermine and message to them that they can't get better and this is the life they're stuck in. Instead of creating the kind of expectations that they can go back, get a job, be self-sustaining, not need to be in a program like that, and get through with fewer and fewer supports. Do you believe that there is a portion of the population that will always require services? Yes, but the fact that you still need some supports doesn't mean you can't be independent and working and living a good life. They need support in their everyday life. And if they get that support, we avoid the massive costs of hospitalization, the massive personal cost to somebody who's having their life disrupted to that degree. We don't want people to end up in the hospital for medical illnesses if we can prevent them. It's no different for mental health. According to the Howard Center, MyPad costs $300 a day per resident. A psychiatric hospitalization costs, on average, $1,500 a day per patient. The people who are now in MyPad had been spending at least one month per year in psychiatric hospitals before their time at MyPad. 
and some of them, like Connie's son, have spent a year or more in the hospital. You know, the number seven seems like such a tiny number. When you think about the number of people that my pad can serve and you don't have any idea when a bed will come up in my pad. What is, how do you make an argument for expanding this kind of model? Well, I think you could ask anybody at Howard Center whether we need more my pads and they'll be yes, yes, yes. And we would, uh, I think probably every mental health agency throughout Vermont would like their own version of my pad. It just kind of makes logical sense permanent housing for people um, where they are given the chance to make roots feel part of the community is going to be a long-term solution for a lot of the problems people have. It's, it's an investment the state has to make, but you have to invest to save. You've been listening to Vermont Public Radio's They Are Us, Inside Vermont's Mental Health Care System. Music for this series is by the bands Godspeed You, Black Emperor, and Esmarine. My big thanks to the professional advisor for this series, Dylan Burns, and the associate producers, Mark Davis and Claire Dolan. If you have a comment or you have a story or criticism or anything, I'd love to hear from you. Just go to rumblestripvermont.com and go to the bottom of the show page and you'll find a comment box there. And if you want to check out more resources, more mental health resources, visit vpr.net and click on They Are Us. I'll be back in a couple days with part six of this series, which is a very personal interview about the power of peer support in mental health treatment and recovery. I'm Erica Heilman. Thanks a lot for listening.